Hello and welcome to episode 592 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. It is, of course, time for the weekly show you cannot live without, Market Monday. Yes, that's right. Each Monday, I go over the biggest risers and fallers in average draft position from the previous seven days, discuss whether I'm buying or selling these players at their new prices. Ideas to get you up to speed very quickly on what's happening in the best ball market. Before we get into it here, I wanted to remind everyone that our early bird bundle is now live. It combines DraftKit Pro, which covers best ball, season long, and dynasty, with our in-season product, which runs through the Super Bowl. Early bird special on that bundle is up now for a limited time. Check it out on the subscribe page, establishthenrun.com. Two pieces of content I wanted to hi- highlight in DraftKit Pro. First, we just launched our Dynasty Trade Calculator. Go to my Twitter account. You can check out a screenshot there or just head to the site and play around. With the Dynasty Trade Calculator, it's really cool. Second, we keep a running list of late round running back targets on the site for DraftKids subscribers. Just push an update there. Be sure to check that out. Link is indeed in the menu. And lastly, if you're the type of person listening to a fantasy football market update podcast here on July 31st, you should be putting your knowledge to use at Underdog Fantasy. Massive best ball action, including best ball mania four, $25 buy-in, insane $15 million prize pool, $3 million to first. Use promo code ETR when you sign up for a $100 matching deposit bonus. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right, risers from the last seven days. Want to start with Javante Williams. Javante Williams is up 7.6 spots on DraftKings to 82nd overall. On underdog, he's up 5.4 spots to 83.7 overall. On the Javante Williams thing, I'm not a doctor. And that's really what this is all about. People are starting to tell themselves a story that Javante Williams is an outlier, that he's the next Adrian Peterson. He's the next freak that returns from a devastating knee injury and just smashes in the following year. I don't want to go too deep down the medical path as I'm having Stefania Bell from ESPN on this week. And we're going to talk a ton about Javante Williams. But a reminder that Javante did not just have a regular ACL tear. In October of last year, he tore his ACL, his LCL, and his PLC. So you fast forward just 10 months, and it's all rosy. Oh, Javante Williams been cleared for contact. Oh, Javante's working in side-to-side drills, not just straight line. I'm still just very skeptical. It's one thing to look good when you're not getting hit, when you're not having to move very much laterally, when you're surprised. We'll see how Javante Williams does in live action. And more importantly, we'll see how his knee responds to that work. Will he be able to get tackled, take 20 hits, 10 hits on his knee, and then come back the next week and play well again? Now, I get that price is a major factor here. Javante has been very cheap in ADP relative to his talent. He's been going in the 90s a lot. And I get that he probably is ahead of schedule with his knee recovery. But I still want to bet against sub-12-month recoveries on this specific kind of knee injury especially at running back where the injury risk and the replacement risk is already so high anyways. So it's been an easy decision for me on, on Javante Williams as his ADP has rose. I've let other people chase this steam up towards the 70s. And I also hope that I can catch some Samaj P. Ryan falling even more on my hero and zero RB teams. You know, Samaj P. Ryan's ADP is down a half round to a full round. Second riser I wanted to talk about is Calvin Ridley. He is up six spots to 26.7 overall on DraftKings. He's also up 2.6 spots on underdog to 29th overall. I think the Calvin Ridley steam is stemming from two things. First, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, 
Jonathan Taylor situations are causing a lot of turmoil in this part of the draft. It's pushing up guys like Ridley because he's safe compared to the holdout or hold in or whatever you want to call it, running backs. And by the way, I'll give my take on Jacobs and JT and Dobbins uh, in a few minutes here. So I think that's one reason that Ridley's rising so much at a spot in the draft where it's kind of hard to rise this much. The other reason Calvin Ridley is trending up is because of camp reports. By all accounts, Ridley, who has barely played football in two years, showed up to camp and immediately started wrecking. Most explosive player in the field. I mean, you can see these videos. He looks insanely quick. And all of that strikes me as complete and utter total noise, but it does confirm some priors. I mean, if you listen to the Matt Harmon pod from last week, there was a time people were talking about Calvin Ridley as the best wide receiver in the entire NFL. I think he's going to be awesome this year. The problem for me when you take him 26 overall, if there is a problem, is there's a lot of competition. Christian Kirk is very good. Zay Jones showed last year he can play. Evan Ingram broke out on his second contract in a big way. So I'm okay with Calvin Ridley in the middle of round three. I'm not fist pumping in there, but I'm okay with it. I do think Christian Kirk, whose ADP is down to 50 now on underdog, is getting undervalued at this point. I mean, there's a 20-plus spot gap now in ADP between Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. Last risers I want to talk about is this Chiefs wide receiver situation. Rasheed Rice is up seven spots to 139 overall. Richie James is up 18 spots to 193. Justin Ross up 16 spots to 198. Sky Moore up three spots to 96. On DraftKings, Sky Moore is up 17 and a half spots to 100 overall. And all this is stemming from the community just completely being done with Kadarius Tony. Just had enough of this guy. You know, it was very obvious to me that as soon as Kadarius Tony got hurt on literally the very first training camp practice the Chiefs had, the entire fantasy football community was going to give up on him. Tony's latest injury is to his knee. He tore a meniscus and he underwent surgery, questionable for week one. So far, Kadarius Tony is down 26 spots to 94 overall. I've seen him go even a little later than that in a bunch to, a bunch of times. I personally don't take Kadarius Tony unless he falls more towards that 110, 120 range. I just really haven't been in on him at all. Like, are we sure he's more than a gadget guy? He seems to really tilt coaches. He has trouble staying on the field. Does he know the playbook? Can he run actual wide receiver routes? As for the other Kansas City receivers, I mean, even if you remove Tony, it's still crowded. In terms of week one wide receiver routes run, if Tony doesn't play, I would project MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scanling for the most routes, then Sky Moore. I think Richie James will be the slot man. Then Justin Watson. I mean, we know we giving they, we know they love giving Justin Watson tons of routes. Then Rasheed Rice. Camp reports on Rasheed Rice have been very good, and I think before too long he could definitely move up. And then Justin Ross. Bottom line, though, is that camp reports on all these guys have been glowing. I, I'm not really not going to read into that too much. My favorite pick for safety remains Marquez Valdez Scantling. He goes so late, typically in the 140s. And he's the one with the locked role. I mean, he's not going to break out. It's not sexy, but he's going to play a ton and get around five targets per game from Patrick Mahomes deep down the field. As for Rice, Richie James, and Sky, to me, these are better picks in managed fantasy, season-long fantasy, than best ball, other than Mahomes stacks, of course. But the reason I say that is because I do think that one of these Chiefs guys uh, out of Rice, Richie James, and Sky Moore is going to hit and have a 2022 juju 
Smith-Schuster type year, which was 78 catches, 933 yards in 16 games. But I do think all three have pretty low floors. I'd want to be able to cut them if they aren't in the mix. And I know that they play for the Chiefs, but I still don't think that the upside on them is that, that high. So just so many guys are going to catch touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes this year. Last year, it was 11. Could be even more this year. So yeah, it's messy right now, for sure. All right, let's get to this week's fallers. Big story, of course, was the running back holdout, hold-in situations. Jonathan Taylor down six spots to 26 overall and falling even more as we speak. Josh Jacobs down three spots to 32. J.K. Dobbins down 10 spots to 78. So obviously, we can go back to the Saquon thing. I got some Saquon in the 30s before he, in no surprise whatsoever, capitulated. Now he's going early round two again. And that's the kind of edge you can get by buying low smartly on some of these dips. However, I think there's more risk with some of these guys than we saw with Saquon. Let me start with J.K. Dobbins. This is actually the one that I think has the least amount of risk. I don't think there's much risk at all in J.K. Dobbins executing some type of holdout, hold in. Dobbins has to know he has literally zero leverage. He's only played 23 games in three years. He has 1,325 career rushing yards. His knee didn't even look right to me last year when he came back, even though his efficiency was really good. I think this whole hold-in thing is just whatever. He's resting his knee still. He's doing some light protest on his contract. But eventually, he's going to show up. At 78 overall, I like taking him. I'm often taking running back in that range anyways. That would be an example of smartly buying the dip, I think. i also been taking some Gus Edwards late, too, for what it's worth. Um, Josh Jacobs has been another relatively easy one for me. I have some systemic risk concerns with the Raiders. Like they're just a mess. I mean, Devonta Adams is already expressing concerns about the offense before they even show up to training camp. I think they will be in fewer wilder games, like fewer wild shootout games with Jimmy G than they were with Derek Carr. And asking Jacobs to repeat the workload he had last year is just asking a lot. He handled 90% of the running back carries and 61% of the running back targets, 393 total touches, you know, wild stuff in today's NFL. And I get that regression there is baked in. I get that. The only thing I'd add is that out of everyone, I don't have anything to back this up besides just a gut feeling that Jacobs is most willing to actually miss games to make a point. I don't think that's likely, but I think it's in the range of outcomes. You know, like I never thought for a second that Saquon Barkley would actually sit out a game. So yeah, I'll take Jacobs late round three, round four, if he gets that far, but I'm okay just passing on him early round three. I'd also note we just added Zamir White to our running list of late round running back targets that I mentioned. I think he's worth a swing in round 18 through 20 if you can afford to take on a high volatility running back spot. Last of the running backs I need to talk about is the hardest one for me, Jonathan Taylor. Honestly, not sure what he or the Colts are doing. This has just turned into an utter mess. Agent seems like he's bungled this. Jim Ursay seems like he's bungled this. JT has very little leverage, but certainly more than J.K. Dobbins. At least JT has been a star in this league, and he was healthy, very healthy until last year. I think he's completely healthy now, despite all these back or whatever nonsense is getting put out in the media or by the team. So my base guess, you know, with six weeks until week one, my base guess is that cooler heads prevail and JT is there week one for the Colts on some Saquon-esque capitulation starting wide receiver, wide receiver, and then coming back with JT in round three or late round three. I mean, that's a pretty interesting start to me and it can be done right now. 
I, I it's certainly some risk there, but I think it's worth it. Second follower I wanted to mention is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is down 8.4 spots to 45.4 overall. I'm not really sure why people are panicking on Joe Burrow. He strains his calf six and a half weeks before week one, and he falls almost a full round. I even saw him go round six in one spot. It's just confusing to me. I do think Burrow's best ball ADP was inflated due to stacking. Like if you take Jamar Chase second overall, or you take T Higgins end of round two, you end up, a lot of people end up taking Joe Burrow early round three, which is earlier than he should go, but it's where he should go for stacking. But now due to this injury dip, I've seen people to get, I've seen people get Chase Higgins stuff with round four Burrow, not round three Burrow, which is really burying the people who had the stacks with round three Burrow. Anyways, my main point is that I'm not too worried on the Joe Burrow injury. We didn't adjust his projection or rankings at all. Um, just creates a nice spot, I think, to get that round for round four Joe Burrow stack. Final faller I wanted to mention is Brees Hall. Brees Hall is down 5.7 spots to 40th overall. Brees Hall has been sinking like a stone ever since the Dalvin Cook to Jets rumors heated up. It's midday Monday right now. Dalvin is not signed. I don't think it's anywhere close to 100% that Dalvin signs with the Jets. Still think he is overvaluing his worth relative to the running back market massively. And I also don't think, and this is just my gut, I also don't think the Jets want him too bad. Like, I think it's actually Aaron Rodgers who wants him. Aaron Rodgers obviously knows him from playing in the NFC West together, NFC North together all those years. And by the way, Rodgers is the guy who just took a $35 million pay cut. So if he's the one who says, hey, I want Dalvin Cook, it's hard to say no. So let's say Dalvin Cook is 70% to sign with the Jets. I think that's probably around fair, maybe, maybe high. But if he does sign with the Jets, obviously it would allow them to ease in Brees Hall slower. Brees is expected to be a go in camp in two to three weeks per Robert Saleh. We'll see. And please listen to the upcoming Stefania Bell interview, which will be up uh, hopefully tomorrow. But Brees Hall's injury was a clean ACL tip. Much easier to get back from than what J.K. Dobbins went through or what Javante Williams is going through. But regardless, obviously... Dalvin signing would not be great for Brees. I still think Brees is a way better running back than Dalvin, assuming Brees is 95 to 100% of his former self. But I think it would end out with some kind of series by series split between the two. You know, not situational, but just resting guys for a series at a time. And given the way the running back market has gone, I mean, I can get some really good running backs even later than that 34 spot on underdog or the 40 spot on DraftKings where Brees is going. I can get Jameer Gibbs. I can get Najee, ETN, Mixon, Aaron Jones, Madison all later. And this sucks because I really do like Brees Hall. I do think if he got to 100% by October, he would have been a great late round three pick. But right now, it's been a tough click for me on Brees until he gets into the 45 overall range or so. And that's definitely possible right now. I mean, a lot of drafts, he's slipping into that 45 range. All right. That is going to do it for this week's Market Monday. Thanks to all of you for listening. If you have not subscribed to the Establish the Run podcast, be sure you are by searching for it anywhere podcasts are found. Also, be sure you're following me on Twitter for a ton more player takes at Adam Levitan. And be sure you're subscribed to our YouTube. It's free and there's a ton of content on there that does not hit this pod feed. We'll be back later this week with Stefania Bell to talk injuries, with Dwayne McFarland to talk running backs. And then me and Silva will be going over our personal round one rankings. Stay tuned for all that. Four. Jerry, for King Editor Jackson Kane, for Producer Luke, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.